Hi, everyone. Uh, welcome to another exciting episode of Bloomberg Intelligence Tech's Tech Disruptors podcast. Uh, my name is Anurag Grana, and I'm a technology analyst with Bloomberg Intelligence, which is our in-house research arm. We're delighted to have Cameron Adams, co-founder and chief product officer of Canva, once again with us uh, to talk about what's really happening uh, in, in the creative world and especially all the, the buzz that we are hearing uh, from uh, generative AI. So Cameron, uh, nice to have you back on the show. It's almost been one year. Now, could we start off with some of the major milestones that Canva has achieved uh, in, this, in this period? Sure, it's great to be back on, Anurag. It has been an amazing 12 months for us. I think the market has experienced some turmoil, but we have continued to grow. We actually eclipsed $2 billion in annualized revenue last year. Um, and we ended up opening some new offices in London, Austin, and also Melbourne, Australia down here. Uh, the team has now grown to over 4,500 of us. Um, and particularly in the last year, we've experienced a lot of growth in the enterprise. So we now have over 17 million paid subscribers now. And out of those 17 million paid subscribers, we actually have over 135,000 teams added in the last year. That means there's groups of people using Canva and 135,000 of those teams were actually in companies of over 1,000 employees. So we're seeing a lot of growth in the upper end of the enterprise, which is pretty exciting for us because it really validates a move that we made a couple of years ago now to really focus on workplaces and bringing visual communication into the workplace. Um, another massive deal that we signed last year was actually with the University of California. Um, that was one of the biggest deals we've ever signed. That enabled us to bring Cam for Campus to the University of California system. That means that now 500,000 students and faculty across the entire university's network now have access to Canva, which means they're now producing amazing visual content um, and incorporating it into the stuff that they're learning and the stuff that they're working on. Probably pertinent to our discussion today though, uh, back in October last year, we launched Magic Studio, which is the most comprehensive design AI platform on the market. Um, and it basically incorporates AI and generative AI across the entire workflow of Canva. So whether you're working in a highly textual document or you're working together with your colleagues in a whiteboard or you're producing a video or even business cards, you can now use AI throughout that entire workflow. And those AI products have now been used more than 4 billion times. So I think you're, you're really seeing the rise of AI in visuals. Cam, let's uh, go back and talk a little bit about that enterprise comment that you made, because I think it's in incredibly important about uh, just market share dynamics. Um, please remind our listeners as to how, you know, when you start, somebody starts with a freemium product, what's the journey from that point onwards, all the way down to you closing an enterprise deal? Um, would, would love to hear that, uh, that journey and uh, uh, get, some, get some details from you. Yeah, Canva has tremendous penetration across a whole number of verticals and different customer markets. We have 170 million people who use Canva every single month now. 
and their uses span the gamut from doing a Halloween poster for their party through to producing a pitch deck for their startup, uh, internal comms at a company, and large marketing teams inside an enterprise using it for scaled global marketing. Um, given such a diverse user base, uh, Canva is extremely product-led. People pick it up because they love the product, because they're very passionate about creating amazing content. And that's a really great beachhead for us because we often see the very first person inside a large enterprise pick up Canva, grow it out through their team. Other teams within the company become aware of it and start using it. Um, and that's when we can start bringing in a more formalized enterprise arrangement because as individuals and teams inside an organization start using Canva, um, that means they're producing valuable IP, uh, they need to coordinate with other team members, and getting together into the same enterprise agreement is often really valuable for that organization. So we'll start having conversations with procurement or IT, or we might have a champion department inside there that might be the marketing organization or the sales organization that really wants to push it forward. Um, so particularly our team in Austin, Texas in the US focuses a lot on that enterprise market and in helping enterprises see the viral spread of Canva inside their organization and how they can pull it together and add value not only to those people using it, but to the organization themselves through having a centralized point for all their visual content. So, you know, in, in these cases, let's say even the University of California example that you cited, what exactly are you replacing? Are you going in as a new product people are going to use or were they using something in-house? What is it that, you know, they are replacing in, in order to, you know, get Canva? In a lot of times, it's a completely new product for them. People haven't had access to a design tool that they can use. Um, the existing tools are extremely complicated. They're mainly for professionals. So most of our users are people that haven't been able to express themselves visually before. Uh, and Canva really unlocks a whole sway of the visual communications for them, whether that's making an amazing pitch deck or producing their first video or creating a website that they can share with their team members, customers, clients, um, or even use it as their final marketing asset. Now that that's uh, that's very logical. So now turning to AI, you know, please uh, let's let's start with a little bit of history as to when did Canva's journey with Gen AI began, and um, you know how has it evolved, and and you know where do we see the the crux of that productivity enhancement in in your products right now. So we've been investing in AI for over six years now. Um, we've quite, got quite a developed machine learning team who focus a lot on the technology that underpins AI. Many years ago, I think it was something that you wouldn't necessarily see directly in the product. It was very much behind the scenes, running on the back end, um, and it did a lot of data analysis. So things like the suggestions you saw on the homepage were powered by machine learning. Uh, the recommendation emails that we sent out for content that you might want to create next were powered by machine learning. Um, and that really helped us develop the skill set, I think, that has enabled us to really capitalize on the recent wave of generative AI. Thinking about more kind of customer-facing um, aspects of AI, we actually acquired a company about three or four years ago now called Collido. 
Um, they were based in uh, Vienna in Austria, um, and they were world leaders in visual AI. They actually started off powering our background removal tool, which is one of our most popular tools on the Canva platform that enables you to remove the background from any image with just one click. Um, and since then, they have powered a lot of the generative AI that has gone into Canva. But we've also started incorporating machine learning and AI across every product team at Canva. So now every product manager, every product designer, every engineer is tasked with thinking about how they might approach problems and solutions through an AI lens. Um, we, we started bringing more customer-facing generative AI into the products about two years, 18 months ago. Um, and that was initially through our very first AI app that you could access in the editor called Text-to-Image, which uh, many people will be familiar with. You put in a text prompt, generates an image that uh, you know, probably couldn't exist uh, any other way. Um, and that became hugely popular. We then focused on all the different touch points in Canva that AI could enable. Um, and as I said before, we launched in October Magic Studio, which is a complete end-to-end -end workflow incorporating AI into the design creation process. And that starts from the homepage where you can type into our search box any design that you might want to create. And we use a whole bunch of generative AI to produce a design for you that matches your content, whether that's text content or image content, creates a unique design for you that can incorporate your brand um, and is something unique for you that you can push out into the market. It extends all the way through the design process then because you can take that design and tweak it. You can change the text inside it by using Magic Write, which will give you suggestions about how to summarize things or how to lengthen text. Um, you can use our Magic Edit and photo editing tools, which enable you to select different parts of an image and transform them in style or change an object, or you can remove that person in the background that's distracting from you. Um, you can use some of our more transformative flows, such as Magic Switch, which enables you to go from one design to any other type of design. And what we're seeing with that particular feature, real changes in people's workflows at work, because you can move from a text document to an entirely visual presentation in the space of five seconds. Um, and it's really enabling people to do work that they probably wouldn't have tackled before. Great example of this is that you can uh, create a whiteboard with a whole heap of sticky notes. Um, and one of our teams internally actually did this for one of their offsites. They had 200 people contributing to a whiteboard, ended up with hundreds and hundreds of sticky notes on the whiteboard with fantastic ideas, but it's often really hard to take that volume of ideas and synthesize them down into action. And they actually used Magic Switch to change that whiteboard into a document which summarized every single note into uh, six or seven different themes and enabled them to actually tackle the change that was being expressed through that whiteboard. So it's producing really fantastic workflow changes and efficiencies that we're seeing in people's work. Um, and we couldn't be more excited to continue exploring it. So Cam, if I you know, take the lens of um, you know, investor at this point, and I, I get this question quite a bit, over the last 12 to 18 months, there's been a lot of um, chatter around software companies like yourself, and you know, I'm going to 
throw Adobe in there as well, but you don't need to comment on that. But, you know, the, the argument there is if I as a user can go on OpenAI and build a text to image very quickly, why do I need to pay so much money to buy a software package and then license it and all those things? What is your argument against, you know, pieces like these uh, as to why software companies like you will exist in the long run, even though, you know, someone can create text to video, text to image pretty quickly. I think you are seeing a lot of fairly niche tools spring up. So AI solutions that do part of the job um, and do it really well. Like the, the, the technology is really interesting. But when it comes to actually integrating it into the job that you need to do to get it into your workflow, it's often very non-obvious. Um, the number of people who have used chat GPT in their day-to-day -day work is still very limited. Um, Text-to-image generators do an amazing job of generating an image, but they're not going to generate a whole marketing campaign for you. And increasingly, AI will, will become part of your workflow and will enable you to do certain things, but coupling it together into the more complex workflows that we actually do in our day-to-day is where I think you can really differentiate and where something like Canva, which has that entire workflow, it's not just generating one image, it's helping you generate an entire design, an entire deck that requires your input, requires help from a creative assistant that you can get through AI, it requires your team to collaborate on it, uh, it requires continuous tweaking as you get input from stakeholders and you refine it. They're very complex problems and they're things that still require human input at so many parts of the stage. Um, and we've seen that the way that people interact with AI is just as important as the technology itself. Slapping a model into your product isn't going to make it the greatest thing on the planet. You still need to understand how people are going to interact with that, how they're going to get the best out of AI how they're going to change the output that comes from that AI and how they're ultimately going to solve the job that they're trying to do. It isn't just about one prompt that you put into a text box and gets the magical answer out of it. No, it's a fair thing. I said something similar to that on a call this morning. Um, can you share any metrics that you may have seen, some productivity benefits or something from your clients? Uh, in terms of the, the 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 tangible benefits because of Gen AI, yeah, we're seeing some amazing stories coming out of our customers, um, and a lot of them are seeing massive productivity gains when they are starting to embrace um, some of these uh, AI tools into their workflows. Um, particularly for us, we have a number of large enterprise customers who are actually taking that leap and encouraging their employees to start integrating it. Um, a great example of this is Expedia, the, the travel website. So Expedia's social video team are using Magic Studio to scale their production and they're actually creating videos in hours rather than days. So we're seeing a lot of this time of creation shrinking as AI gets incorporated into their visual content production. Um, another multinational insurance firm uses our AI-powered translation tool to reduce their turnaround time for client materials from two weeks down to five minutes. 
Uh, and that type of time saving enables them to focus their resources in other places where they can add even more value. Um, last one I'll mention is actually from Salesforce. Their global social media teams are using Canva to create, manage, and scale their content globally. And particularly, they use Magic Switch, the feature that I mentioned before, to move between designs. And they use that to instantly reconfigure assets to suit the dimensions of any post or any format. And overall, they've seen that their use of Canva has led to a 66% reduction in the cost per design, uh, and that's just within the last year. No, that's fair. Perhaps just on the Gen AI part of it, are you building your own models or you know, what's kind of the, um, I guess, your own secret sauce when you are uh, developing these product enhancements, uh, et cetera? Yeah, we've got a deep engineering team here who do focus a lot on building our own models. Um, and we're particularly building our own models where we see that we have a competitive advantage to that, given our understanding of our customers, the way that visual content is created and the data that we have access to. But we're not just building our own models internally because uh, you know, there is a lot of time and investment in building a great AI model. Um, and when there are other models available, um, you might as well integrate them. So we really built a beachhead in uh, models where we think we have that advantage. But in other models, such as you know, a large language model available from OpenAI or Google, um, we'll integrate that. We actually see uh, the kind of AI technology that we use uh, being based on a three-pronged approach, which is building our own models, where we see value in that, um, incorporating best-of-breed models. So we do a lot of work with OpenAI. Um, we have included text-to-video in a product through a partnership with Runway ML. Um, and the third uh, prong to our AI uh, platform is actually our ecosystem. Um, we launched our developer ecosystem in June last year at an event in San Francisco. Um, and we've had an amazing reception from developers who were really keen to integrate their technology into Canva because they get access to 170 million users and they get to incorporate themselves into those workflows that people have established through Canva itself. Um, and a lot of AI developers have leverage the ecosystem to bring their apps into Canva. So we have a whole swathe of apps now, including uh, virtual presenters that you can use, who can uh, appear as a talking head in your presentation. We have generative music that you can put into your designs um, and a whole host of other uh, AI apps as well. Just, uh, just on that aspect as well, and this is something we get asked out about quite a bit, is to what about the big, you know, copyright and privacy issues as to who owns the image that comes out of it, what images is it trained on, what, how are you tackling that issue? Yeah, it's still a really messy, messy area and one that we're actively involved in figuring out. Um, we uh, approach AI first as, you know, big rights holders, um, you know, enabling, enabling the data and copyright that people have. Um, we actually offer a Canva Shield for our enterprise customers, which uh, is uh, enterprise-grade safety, privacy, and indemnic indemnification 
for any enterprise customers that sign up to Canva. Um, on the flip side, we're really explicit about the data that we collect and how we use it. We don't train any of our AI models on creator or user design content without their permission, period. Um, and we offer really explicit ways within our product for people to be able to opt in and also opt out of having their data used. We're also really committed to competitive creator compensation, um, which means that, uh, so we have a lot of creators that contribute content to our design library. Um, we have over 160 million assets that you can use in your design now. Uh, and uh, we went through at the end of last year um, and incorporated, uh, or sorry, created a program for all of those creators to be able to uh, take part in our AI royalty program. We call it the uh, Creator Compensation Program. And we give them options on how their data is used. Uh, we did a big campaign and gave them the option to opt out of having their content used in any AI models. And the reception has been overwhelmingly positive. We actually only had 0.0005% of people, uh, creators, opt out of the program. Um, and what we've done with that program is we've committed $200 million to creators over the coming years, and we've created an AI royalty pool. So as we start building with creator content, which we haven't done yet, we uh, include them in a royalty pool so that as their work gets included in any AI models that are included in Canva, they get compensated for that. Yeah, I think that's, that's I think, where a lot of people are interested in is how do people get paid for it? And um, I'm, I'm actually very surprised about the figure you gave in terms of very small percentage of people opting out, because I would have thought the number would have been higher than that. When you're talking to clients, how are they approaching this issue? Because what what we've been hearing is that they are a little more reluctant to use any product that comes out of an AI platform right now because they are worried about you know legal um, ramifications of it. What has been your uh, uh, I guess one on one uh, you know feedback from co companies be? Yeah, I think we're seeing companies at different ends of the spectrum. Some that are a bit more risk averse, some that are willing to embrace. Um, change a bit more. And that's exactly why we offered Canva Shield with indemnification. So they can use Canva without having to worry about you know, any copyright issues that might come out of the content that they've created. But it still is early days. Um, and uh, I think, yeah, you really have to look at your risk appetite and the trust that you put in your employees and figure out what's going to work for you. Cameron, let's move back a little bit and, and dial back in the users. I and mean, you gave me a very interesting number, 170 million uh, odd users. Now, when I think about productivity applications such as Microsoft Excel or so, I mean, I think the number over there is somewhere around 300 million. And even in that 300 million, only about some serious, let's say, Microsoft Excel users or PowerPoint users would be somewhere in that 150 to 200 million range. So from, a, from your point of view, 170 is a very, very big number. Can you give us a little bit of that, you know, breakdown of that user base to say, how many of that do you think are 
serious users of creative software that eventually would, you know, could someday become paid users. Um, and how many of them are just, you know, casual people like myself who will just go out and make one card and, and never come back? Uh, I certainly think that being a paid user doesn't necessarily equate to being a casual user. We have some amazingly fanatical and passionate users who will probably never pay us. And we're very happy to do that because uh, that includes educators, teachers, students. Um, it includes not-for-profits. Um, we actually have both a non-profit and an education program that we give away entirely for free. So they get the paid version of Canva entirely for free. Um, and we're very happy to do that because we know the power that design can bring to those areas and the way that it can unlock education, democratize education around the world, uh, and also give nonprofits a hand up in achieving their missions, whatever they are. Um, in terms of paid subscribers, we have over 17 million uh, paid subscribers, you know, which roughly equates to 10% of the MAU. Um, so we've got a pretty fantastic conversion rate for a freemium product. Um, and actually that percentage continues to grow. So we continue to see, we continually see people seeing the value in upgrading to Canva Pro. Um, and we've actually seen that grow over time, which has been fantastic. Um, in terms of, uh, you know, the frequency of use of people using the product, um, we increasingly see people finding more places to use visual content as they come into Canva. And it's a pattern that we often see of people coming into Canva for a particular use case. It might be to create a poster or create their very first pitch deck. And then they discover the breadth of Canva. It doesn't just do that one thing. It isn't just a, a template for your um, you know, event poster. It actually is a presentation tool, a document tool, a whiteboarding tool, a video tool. Um, and spreading out through all those use cases is something we see quite regularly. And once people discover the breadth of Canva and understand that it incorporates into their entire workflow, um, it really changes their perception of what they can create and what they can achieve with Canva and with visual content. You know, one of the ways uh, we think about the growth of a company like yourself is you get that user in, even if they're, you know, let's say the basic pro plan, how are some of the ways you can upsell more products to them, more services to them that, you know, over time would be uh, increase the lifetime value of that customer? We try and keep it as simple as possible. We don't want to have lots of packages, lots of add-ons that really complicate things for people and make them feel like you're trying to extract as much money out of them as you can. Uh, we've kept it simple. We have Canva Pro which, you know, depending upon which currency you're in, is like $12 US a month. Um, and we have Canva Teams, which works with large teams wanting to collaborate with one another. Um, and that's what we have. And we try and pack as much value into those um, subscriptions as possible. And over the last 10 years, we've continually added value to Canva Pro, whether that's bringing our entire library of 160 million assets, which you used to have to pay individually for, we brought that into Canva Pro and made it all you can eat. So you can use as many of those things in your designs as possible. Or when it comes to AI, where we're incorporating all of our AI features into our Canva Pro package, rather than making it add-on 
as many other companies have because we want to deliver that value to customers. We want to empower them even more. We want them to realize what they can do with visual communication. So incorporating it into our existing packages and constantly improving the value on it um, is the way that we see being able to scale and being able to bring on as many paid subscribers as we can. Uh, and that's our philosophy. Now, that's, that's a very, I mean, a fair and, and I, I guess the right way to do things. The other part, I think we touched upon it last time, was international expansion. This is an area where I think most software companies, um, you know, I, I guess biggest growth drivers is that. And I, if I remember correctly from the last time we discussed, you've already so well diversified when it comes to the geo exposure. How, how has that kind of changed in the last 12 months? And what, what, what can we expect that, you know, how the shape of the company uh, changes over the next, you know, 12 to 24 months? Yeah, so our product and, you know, all of our assets, marketing, et cetera, are in over 100 different languages and over 190 different countries around the world. Um, we very much realize that the international market is the market that we're in. We're not just in Australia or the US or the UK or whatever big, um, big market you want to focus on. Uh, we've focused a lot on a lot more granular localization over the last couple of years. So it's not just about translating your product into a different language. It's about authentically being in a particular culture or a particular country. Um, and also having marketing that speaks to that particular country as well. Um, so we've spun up quite a few um, smaller marketing teams in different countries to really target them. Uh, and we focus a lot on making content that is particular to that country. So when someone comes into Canva, they get templates that are appropriate to them in Japan or Brazil. They have access to photographs and illustrations that celebrate their country and speak to their audience. Um, they have music that they can use that's particular to their culture and their country and their language. Um, so I think when you look at localization, there's such a long tail that you can do to really tailor your product and your services to different countries and cultures. Um, and for us, it's, it's almost a never-ending journey. Uh, you can continue to, to make people feel more and more at home in your product. And I think you see the results from that in that they know that it's made for them. They become very passionate about it. And it's not just another US or Australian company trying to come in and uh, you know, force their product into their market. So when we you know, think about the Gen AI journey that you have already embarked on, what can we expect in terms of product developments over the next 12 to 24 months? And how do you think that changes the landscape in either which you operate, you think you can get more users to get on, um, the learning curve becomes easier? You know, how, how should we think about it? So I think you've seen you've seen massive hype cycle for for a generative AI in the last eighteen months, um, and I think a lot of the startups that have kind of spring up just taking a technology package and and wrapping a little bow around it. Um, I think you'll see a bit of attrition in that market as they figure out that they can't actually monetize or find a user base who's actually using their product. Um, and we're very much seeing the AI space as we saw the design space 12 years ago. Uh, 
very complicated, very fragmented, lots of individual solutions that don't really tie together. And I think you'll see a lot more consolidation and a lot more focus on using AI and generative AI to be able to actually meet people's needs. It's not just a fancy demo. It's not just this uh, extremely polished um, hype video that you have on your homepage. It's actually delivering value for customers and connecting with them in a way that they can actually use it in a way that they do incorporate it into their everyday workflows and that solves real problems that they're having, not just fancy ones that you can put on your marketing landing page. No, this is really impressive. So my, my last question in all of these things is, you know, what do you think is the big shift in the competitive landscape now? Now we have so many companies that are coming up with this product landscape. And, and again, I'm, I'm gonna go back to the open AI framework um, only because that's the question we get asked a lot is, you know, how is that going to change kind of the, you know, you being the challenger to Adobe, frankly, from, you know, from that regard. And then now we have this new uh, entrant in the market. How, how do you think that evolves over the next, you know, few years? I mean, you, just because I'm, I'm, I'm just curious as to how you think, um, you know, your market share, not just market share, but how your market position will change um, with, with this. Uh, we're confident we'll continue to grow. Like we have, we have a goal of uh, having a billion users on Canva um, within the next five years. Uh, and we think that AI is one part of that. It is not the only part. Is it, a, it is a fantastically exciting piece of technology, but it is a piece of technology. And you need to frame technology in a way that people can connect with that people can use effectively, as I've said, in their day-to-day -day workflows. Um, so I think uh, AI is not the end of the road. AI is just another tool that you can use to build an amazing product, to think about your customers, think about what they need, and solve a problem for them. And that is what we will continue to do. Fair point, Cam. It was, um, as always, such a pleasure talking to you. Hopefully, we'll see a lot more cool features come out over the next 12 months and then uh, as we catch up again. Thanks for coming. That was a great conversation. Thank you.